I know that in my personal experience, um, I really connected with God um, through worship and prayer, um, through my years of building a relationship with Jesus. But scripture, I never really connected with God in that way. Um, until in my later teenage years, I hit a moment where I couldn't connect with God anymore through worship or prayer. I didn't feel like I could experience him in those ways, but I love God enough that I knew I needed to find a new way to connect with him. And so I really started looking to the word of scripture to really speak into my life in the way that I was missing. And that was when God created in me a love for the word of God. Hey everybody, welcome back to the River City Waves podcast. My name's Kenny, and I'm here joined, as always, of course, with Pastor Robbie. What's up? It's been a long day. It's been a long day. <laughs> Good day, but long day. We are also joined by our friend Emma. Hello, Mrs. Hinky. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. We're glad to have you. Uh, for those of you who don't know, she is married to our guest who was with us last time on the podcast, mm-hmm. Pastor Nick, and uh, we just decided we needed to upgrade. So we did. (laughs) Glad to have you. Um, But glad you are tuning back in. Um, As always, we are just trying to have conversations, navigating some of life's importance questions. And I would say today is no exception. Uh, Today is going to be an exciting topic and hopefully eye-opening for many. Discussing today why I believe the Bible. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Not a bass. I can't do the little noises. Uh, why I believe the Bible. I don't know. As a kid, like growing up in church and things, like that for me was just a part of my norm. The mm-hmm. Bible was part of faith, was a part of Jesus, God, the whole experience. Um, but for many, that is not the case, right? Mm-hmm. So I think today's question is um, can be really insightful. It can be a really pertinent question for some why we believe the Bible. So I don't know any, any initial thoughts that strike you guys at first when you hear that, that phrase, that statement or that question, why you believe the Bible. Initial, initial thoughts, anything come to mind? Well, just that, just that, you know, what was your norm is not the norm for a whole lot of people. So many people. Yeah. And, uh, but what's interesting is that particularly even in the last 50 years that scholarship has actually gone to to conclude that original ideas about the bible the most orthodox ideas about the bible about how it was put together about how uh, about its reliability its its historicity it, it it has not it has not reinforced more and more ideas that the bible is less of what it claims to be but in fact that it, it is uh, there, there are many reasons to conclude that it is what it claims to be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I think that's so interesting in a day and time where it would feel like culture would be looking um, anti-Christian, anti-Jesus, anti-religious culture mm. would be looking for reasons to say all those things we've believed for all these years or we've heard for all these years aren't true. But mm. in fact, you're saying it's, it's the opposite of that, that we are learning more and more and more. Yeah, that the Bible mm-hmm. is the authoritative word of God that's been there, done that well before we came along. Yeah, you know, yeah. just just in the last, I, I guess it was in the last month, maybe six weeks, in Israel, they discovered the Pool of Siloam. The Pool of Siloam is the place where the Gospels say that Jesus encountered a man. He was waiting to go mm-hmm. into the water when an angel would stir the waters yeah. to yeah. be healed, and uh, they had not located this pool anywhere. And it was one of the things some people would point to and say, see, this is just a made-up story. Mm. There is no such place. They discovered such a place, and I can't remember, but 
how, how many acres this place was. Wow. And uh, they, they un uh, archaeology uncovered it. And that's one mm -hmm. of the fascinating things about, about archaeology and with the Bible and its historicity is that there's never been an archaeological find that has contradicted what the Bible has to say about history and times and places and people. Wow. That's incredible. I, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's just really cool. As someone who does believe the Bible, um, from some of the things you've mentioned, as well as personal experiences and those other things, like um, I feel like having some of that information just bolsters that belief mm -hmm. and gives me like some some really interesting talking points when sharing my faith with other people or mm -hmm. when yeah. talking with somebody who doesn't have a similar upbringing or who doesn't have that same belief in the Bible to be able to point to sciences and things that say yeah. like, yes, this is true. This did happen in yeah. this location. Mm -hmm. That's really that's really incredible. Um, what do you guys think about um, the idea that that people not only are there these kinds of happenings, right, that where people mm -hmm. people find these locations that are documented, but also just some more of that personal experience with the word. Some of um, some of the things maybe that have even happened in your life where the Lord has spoken to you through the word in such a, a very specific way. Do you have experiences like that that have happened where you would say like, man, not only is there all of this science and, and history and these things backing this up, but then also like. In addition to, I've had this experience mm -hmm. over here that was a life-changing moment for me or um, a life-altering, like the trajectory of my yeah. life was altered because of this. Mm -hmm. Something that I love about the Bible is that um, whenever I sit down with someone or counsel with someone um, who is going through something difficult, there is never a moment where they bring something to me that I can't lead them back to Scripture. Because the Bible is such a vast book that covers so many different topics and it is there to comfort us in any moment. And so if someone is going through something especially emotional or difficult, I can point them to the Psalms because those mm. were written in emotional and difficult moments. And so they can find comfort in those. Or if someone wants to learn more about the character of God and who he is, I can point them to the Gospels because they can watch Jesus and the yeah. way that he interacted with people and they can learn more about the heart of God. And so I love that the Bible is a book that includes all of those things and that no matter how old it becomes and no matter how much time goes by, we'll always be able to find those things in the Word of God because it will never be outdated and it'll never change. Mm -hmm. I know that in my personal experience, um, I really connected with God um, through worship and prayer, um, through my years of building a relationship with Jesus. But scripture, I never really connected with God in that way. Um, until in my later teenage years, I hit a moment where I couldn't connect with God anymore through mm -hmm. worship or prayer. I didn't feel like I could experience him in those ways, but I loved God enough that I knew I needed to find a new way to connect with him. And so I really started looking to the word of scripture to really speak into my life in the way that I was missing. And that was when God created in me a love for the word of God, yeah. mm. that even whenever I couldn't connect with him in worship, and in prayer, he was guiding me to learn how to connect with him through scripture. Mm. And so I learned to love the word of God. And now I can connect with him through that. And I would say that's the number one way that I connect with God now through wow. reading his word, because that is his direct way of communication with us. And so the word of God is powerful. And I feel like I've experienced that in my mm. own life. Yeah. Yeah, I heard um, I was mentioning this to Emma just before we started. I heard uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle mention um, an excerpt from one of his messages recently about the Bible and talking about how um, when he's been asked before, like by people, what does the Bible have for me? 
Like, like, why should I engage with the Bible? What is, why do I need to develop the dis- discipline of reading the Bible? And uh, he just said, similar to what you're saying, Emma, mm-hmm. just the word has for you what you need. If you're depressed, yeah. the word has joy. If you're lost, the word has direction. Um, and so I've, I think so much of like a deep belief in the Bible for me as well comes from some of those personal experiences and just revelation that have come from scripture mm-hmm. where my eyes have been opened. Um, if I, if I'm being honest, I would say that's probably to this point been more of my belief in the Bible has been based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even just in this conversation right now, I'm realizing there's so much more to know about belief in the Bible mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and maybe even perhaps like why we're given this tool from the Lord to know him, to know his heart, mm-hmm. um, to have this true North, right. In this, in this, mm-hmm. uh, in this time that we're living in when it feels like things around us can kind of be the wheels are coming off the wagon. Right. Yeah. And it can feel a little bit crazy or a little chaotic. Like we've got this compass, we've got this true mm-hmm. North. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I do think pastor Robbie, so much of what you were sharing earlier, and I hope you'll share more of it. It gives us like that firm belief why I yeah. believe the Bible. Like, well, cause there's these people finding pools and places and they're saying like <laughs> this legitimately happened. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't know what other, what other knowledge do you have there, pastor Robbie, that you can drop on us? Um, what other truth bombs are, are there about, uh, interesting wise, I believe, uh, the Bible, the wise behind believing in the Bible. Well, you know, I think for, for me, and I, I'm not the first person to say it or anything, but for me, the reason why I believe the Bible is because, uh, if if Jesus rose from the dead, which I I believe he did, there are many reasons I I think that, including mm-hmm. what the gospels say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, then then I have to I have to process everything that he had to say about scripture uh, as fact. Mm-hmm. And so if if he quoted scripture. Right. As authoritative, and he he quoted from uh, all, basically pretty much all the portions mm-hmm. of the Old Testament, and quoted them as though the exact words being used there were uh, they had authority to explain and to deliver truth. Yeah. Then I, I've got to do the same thing, and uh, the thing is, you know, you might say, well, wh- why would I believe that? You know, the Gospels are what they claim to be. Well, th- there's a number of reasons for that, but certainly one of the big things is that, and this is one of the ways that scholarship has reversed itself. You know, it, it maybe it, maybe uh, in the last 200 years especially, there were theories that the Gospels were crafted much later in time and that they were written to convince people about Jesus or about the truths of the Gospel. But, in fact, scholarship has become clearer and clearer in realizing these books were written within decades of the events that they claim. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and not only that, but the significance of that is that there were people alive, because there were plenty of people who hated Christianity sure. and were killing right. Christians and so on. There were plenty of people alive who were alive who could have contradicted mm-hmm. the claims of the Gospels about Jesus and about the things that happened in the year that he was crucified in Jerusalem. And, but, but the Gospels, they not only tell you where things happen and when they happen, and they not only give you the names of people, right. uh, but they also give you all kinds of details that if you're trying to convince someone, 
Why would you tell them that the head of the church denied Jesus? Sure. If you were trying to convince somebody in the first century yeah, that Jesus was risen from the dead, why would you put what why would you put women in the role of being the witnesses, the first witnesses of the resurrection? Right. W- women couldn't testify in court. W- women were not considered uh, dependable witnesses in court. I'm sorry, Emma, but <laughs> they, they weren't. Yeah. And so if you were just making something up, this isn't the way that you do it. And and furthermore, uh, you know, in, in terms of the Gospels, they they uh, give us uh, such clear um, such clear ideas from Jesus about who he thought he was, where he he was eliciting the worship of people, where he was he was claiming to be God, claiming to be greater than Abraham. No Jew would do this. And no, no, no serious Jew, and all the all the apostles of Jesus were Jews. All his disciples were Jews. All his followers are Jews. They wouldn't begin worshiping a man, and and, cl- and putting these kinds of words in his mouth to try and prop, to try and puff him up, sure. unless there was something earth shaking that happened mm-hmm. that changed their whole vision of reality. And, and the only way to make sense of that is to, I think, is to recognize the resurrection is, is something that happened yeah. in history. And if he's up from the dead, if he's risen from the dead, then there's a whole lot of other things that I have to come to terms with and believe what he had to say about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think about the passage in Second Timothy, I believe it is, that says all scripture is God-breathed mm-hmm. and useful for teaching rebuking, correcting, training. Mm-hmm. Um, and that scripture goes on to share it like, so that we are well-rounded and that we are prepared and that we uh, are equipped maybe is, is a good word mm-hmm. um, to summarize that with. And so it really, I think of that as it relates to the comments that both of you have made, mm-hmm. um, the importance of us understanding that scripture has what we need from mm-hmm. it and uh, that, that it, it's defensible. I mean, maybe there's a better word to use than that, but mm-hmm. that that it's more than just the Bible itself saying that the Bible is good. I mean, we're also talking about a book that is like the, the number one bestseller, the world. <laughs> I mean, like mm-hmm. it's always at the top of um, of that list, of course, like yeah. the leading book in that list. I was uh, looking before we came in here to film that there's an estimated over 5 billion copies that have been printed worldwide mm. of the Bible. And that it's, um, you know, every time they come out with a new Guinness Book of World Records, it's always, <laughs> that's always the leading mm-hmm. one. And that um, it's estimated there's um, just north of 100 million Bibles printed every year. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, Pastor Robbie, to your point, uh, why, why would that continue happening in that way if there weren't some authority and yeah. truth um, in, in the stories and in the lessons and in the things documented in the word of God? Why would this book continue to have the impact that it does mm-hmm. um, if, if the things in it hadn't happened? Um, just like an interesting thought to me mm-hmm. that, that the word of God still having the impact that it does now, um, it's been having that same level of impact for all of these years and it survived it survived the criticism it's had to endure and and it's um it's you know documented as you said people who were um 
maybe not in their brightest moment, you know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. denying Jesus. And that's documented for the rest of the world and all mm -hmm. of eternity to read about. Um, th these things are there. And yet the Bible kind of stands that test of time. Yeah. Um, it, it's still there and has been in the hands of so many and, and yet wildly at the same time has yet to reach so many as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned something earlier about this, Pastor Robbie, um, about how many people had yet to receive the Bible or the news of the Bible. Um, just kind of mind blowing to me that, that, it, that that's the reality that we live in. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, like, like many other ministries, we're partnering to try and get the word out there uh, because we want people to have this understanding of the word of God, um, the revelation that can be a part of their lives today mm -hmm. um, and, and why that's important. Um, Pastor, what thoughts do you have maybe on just the volume of the, the Bible being printed? Um, any, any thoughts that you would share about just the sheer number of, of Bibles that are printed and around the world and um, some, some of how that might speak to the prevalence of the Bible in our lives today, mm. like the, the, um, mm. the authority that it still carries with it today. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Well, you know, um, th there are a number of things to say about it. W one is that it, it's fascinating to me that the Bible and its stories find resonance across all these cultures and languages. There's no other book that's been translated mm. into so many languages. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, no, no other... No other God is prayed to in as many languages as Jesus is. Yeah. Mm. The Bible's not, the, the, you know, it, with the Quran, for example, to do it right, you need to learn Arabic. You need to pray in certain ways in sure. Arabic. And to read that book and really receive the blessing from it, supposedly, you've got to learn Arabic. Mm. It's not the case with the Bible. Mm. And it's connecting with people across all these cultures uh, because because there there is something there that goes beyond random facts. You know we're we're drowning in information. There's there's just mm. about no information that you can't find on your phone. Sure. Mm. But it's the specific information that's in the Bible that 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 that, that quenches a thirst that people have. But you know more important than the copies of the Bible today mm -hmm. are are the ways that we've come to understand that the Bible as it was copied in the ancient world uh, retained its form. And what I mean by that is this. One of the things that people were suggesting for a long time is that, and when I say for a long time, I, I'm, I'm talking about, like, let's say, from the, the 1700s into the, into the 1900s, they were suggesting that the Bible had been uh, changed by religious authorities to make it fit the the larger narrative or, or fit mm -hmm. the the aims of uh, of the faith but what happened in the middle of the 20th century uh, actually in israel is the the dead sea scrolls were discovered the dead sea scrolls are are copies they're they're uh, i believe first century copies and maybe a, maybe in the first century bc copies of the old testament parts of the old testament and the reason why that's important is because the oldest copies that we had of the Bible were like from the 5th century, the 6th century. So, so wow, we can go back and we can mm -hmm. compare what's there. Sure. Do you know they found that these, these, these copies were, were like 99.9% were like .9 identical wow. over mm -hmm. centuries of time. 
And why, why is that so important? It's because it, it affirms that the copies of Scripture, because the later copies we had, they were made in many different places, you know, from Egypt to, to parts yeah. of Europe and, and so on. And so we had these copies. They all bore the same words, the same punctuation, the same stopping and starting as these older copies that we found. And so that tells us there was a scrupulous attention to just keep the words as they were. Yeah. And so what that what that has come what we've come to realize in the last 70 years from that 70 plus years is that, wow, the, these books, uh, I, I can count that what's there is actually what these mm -hmm. ancient people wrote down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Emma, what does hearing that do on the inside of you, like just hearing yeah. that level of detail of knowledge and history and and things that have occurred from so long ago, even until recently, mm -hmm. when it comes to like when you're sitting with the word and you're reading the word, like what does that yeah. do on the inside of you knowing that thinking about you sitting today mm -hmm. reading the Bible? Yeah. If science can only prove that the Bible is true and if mm -hmm. the test of time can only prove that the word is powerful, then how must that be so powerful to my life? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We hear as Christians that we should be reading the Bible and that we should do that daily. But when we hear things like this, all put together in one podcast yeah, for yeah, us yeah. to listen to, <laughs> um, it reminds us that the Bible is truly powerful and effective mm. in our life. Yeah. That if these years and years of all of these facts coming together to prove the Bible is true, we should be letting it affect our lives, and we should be in yeah. the Word mm. of God daily, and we should be hiding it in our heart. Um, I'm reminded of the story when Jesus is in the wilderness and he is tempted by the enemy and um, he continually pulls scripture that he knows and he quotes it as his defense. And I think that that speaks to our lives, that no matter what is thrown at us, no matter what attack from the enemy or battle that we're facing or trial that we find, we can always use the word of God as our defense mm, yeah. because nothing will ever come about that is more powerful than these words. And these years of study and facts only go to prove that it is powerful and that yeah. no matter what we face, we can use the word of God. And so it is absolutely crucial to our walk of faith that we spend time in those words yeah. because when we know them, they give us hope when we're hopeless mm. and they give us joy whenever joy cannot be found in this world. And they give us peace whenever yeah. we're filled with anxiety. And so when we hear all of these things, it just encourages me that I should be spending time in those words and letting them speak to me because they've been important and crucial for people for all of these years. Mm -hmm. And so we should continue that. And even when culture and the world tells us that we should be turning away from this book, that it's old and outdated, we should be turning to it mm. and that we yeah. should be letting it speak into our lives today because it's still applicable to us in 2023. And you know, that, that's one of the things I think that, that many people, uh, one of the criticisms they have of the Bible is that, wow, you know, uh, cultures move forward in the Bible, boy, it affirms all these things that are clearly wrong. Like it would say, well, it, it affirms uh, polygamy. But you know, if you, if you read it carefully, there's not a single person married to more than one woman in the Old Testament who is happy <laughs> in their marriage. In fact, it, it, says, it says a lot of very frank things about 
some of the great leaders of Israel about how pathetic their marriages were. I know you don't want another wife, can no, you? No, sir. No. Nope, no. I'm all, gonna, all the way good. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, another thing they might say is, well, you know, the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, you know, you, uh, you've got all this, you, you've got all these slaves, you've got all these, uh, this approval of slavery, but actually it doesn't, it does not approve of slavery. It, it recognizes that this is what was in place. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that, that's important because the Old Testament, or the whole Bible is telling us the truth about what happened. And in the New Testament, you know, some people say, well, you know, slaves are told, you know, obey their masters. It's, it's, it's affirming slavery. But actually, <laughs> no, no letter that was, that was of, from an important person would have recognized or talked to the slaves. So actually, the, the writers of Scripture were actually giving, they were giving honor by recognizing those people mm-hmm. and, and by also putting what they did in the context of serving the Lord because he, he tells them, you know, do your work as though you're doing it to the Lord. And so th- there's just a lot, of, a lot of ways that people want to think the Bible, it, it doesn't fit with today or it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't meet with culture, but actually it, it ends up criticizing the culture it's in and it criticizes us. And I think, I think one of the reasons why people turn from the Bible, are quick to turn from the Bible and from God for that matter, is that they find things that offend their sensibilities. But really, it's not logical, is it, Kenny? Because if, if I can reject God because he would offend me, um, uh, or I'm sorry, if I can reject God because I find him offensive, sure. Why would I imagine that he couldn't, he couldn't say or think or do some things that I would find hard to understand and offensive? Sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up hearing like, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> so if we're going to project those <laughs> things toward the Lord, like why would we think that the reverse isn't true? Mm. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting thought. We've talked um, a, a good bit, and I'm glad we did, about why we can believe the Bible, why we can put our trust and our faith there. Um, I'm curious if you had to answer this question by picking one thing, and I'm looking at the both of you. Uh, if you had to pick one thing when I ask the question, what would you say like the largest impact the Bible has had on your life would be? How would you answer that question here? Largest impact the Bible's had on your life. You kind of alluded to it earlier, Emma, when you were talking about how like your relationship with the Lord, your connecting with him happened in these ways. But then mm-hmm. suddenly now you feel like the the scripture is your primary way of mm-hmm. connecting with the Lord. Yeah. I, I kind of share in that experience mm-hmm. as well. I feel like I I hear from the Lord through his word the most. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's the way that he speaks to me. Like the Bible says, that still small voice whispering to us. Yeah. I feel like through scripture is how I hear from the Lord uh-huh. the most. And naturally, like, how does that not impact uh-huh. your life? Yeah. I don't feel like I can point to one specific thing and say, I was this, but now I'm that. Sure. But I can say that it's every single day. Mm. Um, it changes me and my heart every day. Um, and so I notice that um, when a day goes by that I'm not spending um direct time in the word of God, I feel worse (laughs) and I don't feel like I have that joy that I Mm. want to have. And I feel that I am 
literally physically affected by my lack mm. of time in the word of God. Yeah. And so I can't say that I once was this, but now I'm that because mm. I spent time in God's sure. word. But I can say that every single day I was that and now I'm this because I spend time with him. Yeah. Um, it's affected my my day-to-day life and who I am today. If I didn't have the word of God to guide me, I wouldn't be who I am mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, it's affected yeah. me daily and it will continue to affect, affect well, me every awesome. day of my life. That's good. You know, one, one thing I think of here is that, uh, you know, the Bible is filled with the stories. Uh, it's filled with stories of people going through hardship, mm-hmm. a whole lot of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, because a, a person who just had, how many, maybe has a cursory introduction to Christianity, they might think that this is all about, like, teaching people how to be happy and how to just smile no matter what. But right. actually, the Bible is super, super honest mm-hmm. yeah. about the struggles that, particularly the heroes of the Bible, right. go through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would say that if, if I had to say the one thing that's impacted me the most is that every time that I've gone through the hardest things in my life, mm-hmm. I have found the resources there that that not only didn't they didn't serve to make me like deny what was going on but how to process that how to bring that to god how to find how to find a new strength and to imagine that i could go on regardless of the setback that i faced wow that's really good thank you both so much for just sharing your insight and your knowledge and your experiences about this it's been really beneficial to me and i hope it has been to all of you listening and watching as well do us a favor um rate this content uh, wherever you're consuming it share this content let others know that it's out there our heart is just that this would be another discipleship tool and resource for those who are engaged with it and listening so be sure to share that and just know that we've got new episodes dropping on the podcast the first and third tuesday of every month um so we just want to think thank you guys again for being here thank all of you uh, for checking in with us and we will see you next time on the river city waves podcast